Okay, everybody, let's get this party started. We're ready to roll here. There you go. Kind of tap your glass. Ding, 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 ding. There we go. Let's go ahead and um, let's go ahead and start with prayer. Holy Spirit, we need you to come and invite you to take the wheel. You take us where you want us to go this morning. Uh, we thank you for your presence here with us. Thank you for uh, the way that you've drawn us together as the body of Christ. Help us to be able to minister to each other. Help us to hear you through uh, one another. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. Well, I'm, I've put out the, the title for this, these next few weeks is calling we, we Need Each Other. And I think maybe I could change that to We Really Need Each Other. And uh, it's something that, um, it's something that uh, just kind of talking about um, relationships in the, in the body of Christ. And um, I, I just want to start out, I'll share a little bit, and then I, I'm kind of going to be asking you all to turn and talk to each other, and uh, I'll pose a number of questions. But I just want to start off by saying why this topic is important to me, and it's because I've not really been very good at relationships. And you Anybody that knows me, you might kind of scratch your head and say, that's one of the most sociable people I know. But um, let me say this. I've not really been good at relationships that go deep and involve like intimacy. Uh, I would describe myself as a person that's kind of like that river that's about a mile wide and about an inch deep. It's like I know a lot of people, but who are those people in my life that I really, really have that close, uh, intimate relationship with that we can go deep and talk about anything. And the Lord's been working in my life, um, and He's been healing me and helping me. But I thought I'd start with just a little bit of my testimony as far as that goes, and maybe that's going to strike a chord with somebody else. It started with my mom, and uh, as she was a child and growing up, she re went through a lot of really, really tragic kind of things, and... Uh, she suffered a lot of, abu of abuse, about all kinds of abuse that you can imagine. And so when it came time, she got married, and then I was getting ready to be born. I was the first born. Um, I didn't hear about this until years later. But my mom um, looked at me with tears in her eyes, and she said, you know, when, when you were born, she said, I, I was just clueless. Uh, about how to be a mother. And she said, I, I didn't have any of those like natural, instinctive, maternal kinds of feelings for you. And she said, um, because of that, I kind of pushed you away. And I, I rejected you. And I mean, she's just crying as she's uh, confessing this to me. She said, you know, you, you were so pale as a child. It seemed like you're always dirty. And it's just kind of like... I, I just, I pushed you away. And, um, you know, when you're a little kid and things like that happen to you, 
uh, you you don't have the the sophistication and the experience and the wisdom to understand that like hurt people hurt people and so the way I dealt with that uh, growing up um, and and to make matters worse my next little brother down was born very shortly after me and then the next one down and so uh, as a little child probably four three four five years old I, I had this picture in my mind of like my mom sitting down and holding my two little brothers, like with her arms around them on her lap. And, and I kind of am standing off to one side, kind of out of her line of sight, and kind of looking up, kind of like that picture there, and kind of wishing with all my heart, you know, that, that, that I could be there uh, in her lap. We also moved around a lot. Uh, my dad was a, a Presbyterian uh, minister, and so by the time I got to be 20 years old, we had lived in 20 different houses. So just imagine popping around from school to school and you get there and all the kids already have all their friends, you know, made. And, and I always felt like kind of the outsider. And, and with all my heart, I just wanted to be in there and part of the group. And, or I wanted to be up there on my mom's lap and inside that, that, that embrace, you know. And so... The way that I dealt with that was that um, I really began to try to be like the world's nicest person, <laughs> friendly, uh, knowing how to tell funny jokes, uh, working my way into the group, you know, by charm and charisma and whatever. And uh, it's kind of unhealthy to say it, but I, I never got in a fight all my school years because... I would just let people wipe their feet on me like a rug, you know, and, and mistreat me because I was trying so hard, you know, for people to love me and, and to accept me. That's a hard, hard way to live. Um, it's just, it's exhausting. Um, and the result was that in my relationship with my wife, you know, here I am kind of always impatient and pushing and not content just to be regular. You know, I had to prove something to somebody all the time and, you know, go big or go home kind of thing. Um, my kids suffered. The, the people that I work with, you know, probably <laughs> suffered. I didn't have a whole lot of, a lot of peace in my life. And um, what I was missing in the in, in the area of relationships was like I worked so hard to just kind of spread myself out so thin that I, and I didn't have the tools I didn't understand about a deep uh, intimate kind of relationship you know not, not just like with my wife but like with other men that that you could share anything or with them so I, I didn't I didn't have that I got saved when I was 17, and, and that was wonderful. I kind of got a taste of God's love. But it was more like here and not really down here. And so for like 40 years, um, you know, I, I could have told you all about the love of God, right? You know, I'd read my Bible. I'd been to seminary. I knew it all, but it, it was missing down here. And so uh, I've shared this before, but 
how it came to a place where I was just exhausted and burning out and uh, desperate. And we came back from the mission field for a furlough one, one, uh, one time and went to the, the gentleman who did like member care and pastoral care for missionaries and set up a time to come and talk to him. And he was just talking about how in our lives, the enemy um, will put lies into our life. And, you know, like kids, <laughs> what do we know? <laughs> we just do the best we can, kind of muddle along. So I muddled along for many years, just trying to be friendly and likable and kind of trying to prove things to people. So this counselor said, let's just pray together and we'll chat and whatever and, and ask the Holy Spirit to help us to uncover maybe any of those, uh, uh, any of Satan's lies in your life. And then let's just, once we see that, let's speak truth to it, you know, and, and replace the lie with God's truth. And so while we were talking, when, you know, 15, 20 minutes into that session, I felt led to say to him, that in my quiet times, or my prayer times, you know, when I'm, you know, really feeling close to the Lord, I like to picture myself as a child that climbed up into his lap, you know, and felt his arms wrapping around me. And I, I kind of lean back, you know, against his tummy and just feel that hug around me. And, and in that moment, I don't think it was the counselor. I just believe it was the Holy Spirit that spoke these words to me. He said, Ed... He said, that's good. Nothing wrong with that picture. But he said, let me ask you a question. He said, where are you all the rest of the time? And in that moment, I flashed back to this little boy right here. Who was standing over there kind of looking up at his mama and those little brothers on her lap. And just wishing, you know, that I could be there. <laughs> and the Lord just said to me, Ed, he said, don't you realize that when you came to me, you crawled up into my lap and I've never let you go. My arms have been around you the whole time. And, you know, I, I mean, I knew that, right? I mean, Jesus loves me, this I know. I mean, from the time we're little, we say that. But it hadn't gotten to here. And it hadn't really transformed me or changed my identity. But in that moment, it was kind of like, whew, it dropped down. It was like a, a bomb was going off inside of me. I kind of like, went like, oh, okay, I get it. I get it, you know. <laughs> wow, this is great. This is great. Now, if you've spent 50 plus years living a certain way, it's hard to change just, you know, overnight. And so the Lord kind of said, okay, now I'm, I'm going to give you this new homework assignment. And that's going to be that you can stop striving. And you can stop trying to prove something to me. And you can stop feeling like you have to earn something. And you can just relax. You can just rest. And I sat there and said to him, but Lord... I don't know how to relax, you know. I, I don't know how to rest. So, 
you know, in his patience and in his grace, that's what he's been trying to teach me. And um, really the gospel, when, when I think about it, uh, to me, it, it really can kind of boil down to that word. Just, just relax. <laughs> just rest. Because <laughs> he's done it all. <laughs> and he loves me. And I don't have to prove anything to him. I can just float around and soak it up, you know. So that was wonderful, good news for me. Um, and it began to change who I was. It's like, it wasn't a switch that was flipped. It's like I'm having to rebuild my way of thinking and acting and relating and responding. But a peace began to kind of come into me. And a, a joy began to kind of come into me. And it began to impact how things were with my wife and, you know, with my kids and other people around me. I was all the time in a hurry and impatient and, and pushing and all that kind of stuff. And I, I could just relax. I could live in the moment. I could really listen to what they were saying instead of feeling needy and having to get stuff from them. So, anyway, this is a thing that God did in my life. And I'm still... Working on that homework assignment, you know. But uh, if you have to have a homework assignment, that's probably one of the best ones that I ever heard of. Learn how to relax. Okay, sign me up, you know. I'll take extra homework in in that area, right? But, um, yeah, it's been something that, that the Lord's been working on in my life. And then helping me to get to the place where um, I'm able in, in relationships to, to be able to go deeper and to be able to open myself up and to be able to have real, real fellowship and be, uh, be the brother in Christ that, that people uh, need. So it's something that I'm still working through. I don't have all the answers. And so when I, when I, I, I don't so much teach Sunday school, I kind of feel like I'm more like, facilitating or driving the bus, you know, I'm expecting everybody here to pitch in and help me out because I don't have all the answers, but the Holy Spirit's here with us. And so I'd like to start into a series of some things just to kind of get us thinking about, um, about relationships and about what, what the Bible means, what it talks about fellowship and, and how in God's plan, how we really do really need each other. So let me go to the next slide, and this will be one for us to start off by thinking about. And it's just where we are today in our culture, uh, the word relationships is a word that gets thrown around a good bit. And um, I, I start to go towards like social media and, uh, you know, your status, you know, on Facebook or something, in a relationship or whatever. Anyway, if you could, just can, can y'all kind of clump up together with some other people and just take a couple of minutes to talk about here in 2024, culturally, where do people go in their minds when they kind of think about and talk about relationships? Where are we in our society, in our culture, as far as relationships go? So turn around and y'all talk to each other about that just a minute and then we'll get some feedback.
Okay, let's, let's kind of start wrapping that up. Your, your spokesman just left. <laughs> Herding cats. <laughs> say this this just makes I, I love seeing the energy in these little groups the the discussion and all that's going on I you know it's it's a lot better instead of me just sitting up here like lecturing to have y'all like pulling stuff out and so let's hear some let's start with that back group any comments from you all about relationships now, we were just talking about how we're virtual technology yeah Yeah. Let's hear from the next group just in front of you guys. Comment about relationships. Don't they call that cultivating? And if a gardener knows cultivating takes a little work, yeah. Yeah. How about how about you guys? Anything particular? Yeah, discernment. Yeah. That's a good point about like, you know, there's a million people that you could go into relationships with, but discernment about, you know, who is it that you can that you're going to open up to and trust, you know, to go, to go deep. Y'all have a comment? Yeah. 
Yeah. That's great stuff. And I think when Lee was teaching last month, talk about knowing yourself. I mean, that's a great way to glorify God. It's not just narcissistic. The better we know ourselves, the better we'll, we'll know God. But I'm a person to stand in front of you and say, I walked around with these huge blind spots most of my life. And how, how helpful it is to have someone who can be that kind of a brother or sister in Christ, you know, that can speak truth uh, to you, then um, you'll get, you can get to know yourself better by looking in the mirror of a good, trusted friend, you know. Yeah. Yes, yeah, that's, that's true. And that was one thing, you know, I'm talking about our culture, like right now, and like I can think back like 60 years to, and see some changes in our culture that I, I, you know, I'm not convinced that everything is good, all these changes. Yeah. 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 Berate someone online. And so we definitely, definitely got away from the closeness that people yeah. have. It's so impersonal. Impersonal. Yeah, that's a, that's a great point. And that, it's so true. How about, how about from y'all? Any observation? One of the things that led me to kind of take this topic is because a friend of mine, he's, he's Sicilian, lives in Cleveland. He's older than me, but every week he meets with his group of buddies from high school. They have breakfast every week for 50 plus years. They've been doing that. That is really rare. And I thought about that. I said, where, where's my group of, you know, four or five men that I've been meeting with and eating biscuits and gravy, you know, every day for the last 50 years? And I'm thinking, I need that, you know, so that's really commendable. Mm -hmm.
Yeah. 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 Yep. That's that's how it feels, doesn't it? Jim, you're supposed to speak for your group. <laughs> His wife told me that this morning. She said, I don't I don't speak. That's Jim's job. <laughs> Where do you go? You go crazy. Yeah. You can just block them, right? I don't get that. Yeah. I, I remember seeing a cartoon about this young woman who's fussing at her elderly mom and dad. And she says, you got to get with it. You've you got to get on the social media, you know, and, and do all this kind of stuff. And, and their mom's looking at her and says, honey, she says, we would. But she says, on Tuesday, we've got our uh, bowling group. And on Wednesday, we go out with our friends and go bike riding. On our, our Wednesday, we're doing church. And Thursday, we're out doing this with our friends. And, and then on the weekends, we've got all these things going on with our friends. We just don't have time to get on social media. <laughs> kind of like, duh. <laughs> All right, ready for your next discussion. And now I want you to turn from our culture, our society, and I want you to just think for a couple of minutes, talk to each other about relationships in the Bible. Okay? Just think about the, the, whole, the idea about relationships and where do we see that uh, in the Bible, okay? Yeah. 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 Is how um, y'all have to, anybody in any, you have to juggle young people with families, with kids. You have to juggle your marriage, the kids, everything. Right. Faster. I don't know how they do it. I'm glad I was able to do that. Okay. okay, so maybe, yeah. I said, what I said, I said, I said, I Yes. So most people sit around and they run into a wall. I actually seen a guy do this. Walked into a wall and he was I didn't find out later he's following the game. Uh huh. Hit a wall. Yeah. Oh, man, it just kills me to see all these, like, kids where they could be looking at each other and talking to each other, and they're all looking down and doing this, you know? 
All right, so when I, when I say relationships in the Bible, that could be good or bad, okay? Because there's examples of both. But just turn and talk to somebody about, like, where, when you think about relationships in the Bible, where do you see that, either good or bad examples, okay? Just take a minute and think about that, talk about that. <laughs> okay, let's, let's go ahead and see if we can get a little feedback. <laughs> feedback on this. I give you all an A, pu- a plus on that first round. Let's hear what we have uh, just, just briefly. What do y'all think? Yes, they did. That's good. That's great. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
some interesting lessons there about relationships. Yep. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Good. Good example. Yep. Yep. You talk about divi- somebody talked about dividing and conquering, and we see a lot of that happening in relationships in the Bible. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, that's really good. Jim. Okay. Sonia. Yeah. Right, right. Jim? Two stick out. The relationship between the Father and Jesus. Yeah. You know, the Father says, This is my beloved Son. Yes. With whom I'm well pleased. Uh huh. And Jesus says, I don't do anything except what I hear the Very good. Good. Yes. But David was a screw-up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, that's a, you know, there's many times as we mess up, you know, the Father's always there. Yeah, yeah. I want to I want to read a quote to you. Um, let's see here. And thinking about where we first see relationships in the Bible. And uh, let me just, let me read this, a little bit of this article to you. It's just a short article. It says, near the end of the sixth day of creation, the creation story, we read, God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness. So the phrase, let us make man in our image, reveals a lot about our own nature and about the nature of God. Says first and foremost, this phrase means we were made to be relational beings. Now, the Orthodox doctrine of the Trinity recognizes that God is one God coexisting in three distinct persons of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. This is clearly taught in the Scriptures, has been recognized by the church since the second century. These three persons of the Trinity are forever in perfect relationship with each other. 
There's always been and there will always be absolute love, joy, and peace within the Godhead. So the very essence of God is relational. And that essential quality has been imprinted on us as humans. We were made, we were made to be in relationship with the Creator and with the rest of His creation. So Professor Darrell Johnson notes in his book, Experiencing the Trinity, here's what he says. At the center of the universe is a relationship. This is the most fundamental truth I know. At the center of the universe is a community. It is out of that relationship that you and I were created and redeemed. And it is for that relationship that you and I were created and redeemed. Therefore, one of the things that made in the image of God means is that man was made to be in relationship. This is at the very heart of the gospel. The universe in which we live was created by a good and gracious heavenly father who filled it with good things to enjoy and gave us moral laws by which to structure our lives. The chief goal and aim of life is neither to enjoy the good gifts nor obey the laws, but to know and be known by the Creator. This loving relationship between man and God is the way things are supposed to be. Okay. Take a look at this slide. There's just a couple scriptures that I want to end with. Um, let me bump down. There we go. Remember this? What's the greatest command? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Think about that in the term of relationship. God's greatest command is about relationships. How are we doing on that? Look at this one. A new command I give to you. Love one another as I have loved you so that you must, so you must love one another. By this everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. This started way heavy on my heart because... This is a little different from loving your neighbor as yourself. Jesus came in and he kind of fine-tuned this a little bit. And he says, yes, you should love everybody. But you should especially love your brothers and sisters in Christ. And why that weighed heavy on my heart is I've been going to this church for a long time. And I sit right over there. And I hardly even know the people that sit over here. You know? It's like I'll come in and I'll shake a hand and big smile or give somebody a hug. And, you know, I'm doing my little inch deep kind of a river. But where's my relationships with those people? Like, who in this church do I know at that deep level that, we're, I'm, that I even know how to pray for them? Or that could speak into my life? I mean, it's, I come in and spend you know, a couple minutes greeting people or saying goodbye but like, I drive 20 minutes north, and, and you drive 20 minutes west or south. Do I know, even know you? Much less, 
Am I able to say that I really love you? That, that, that's hard on me. In the old days, I mean, everybody that would go to, you had a church in your little community and everybody would just go to that church and they would be your neighbors and you probably would know what was going on. But nowadays, this is like a challenge for us. And as a body of Christ, as a church, how, how can we be the kind of brother and sister to each other that, that this says we need to do and that will be a testimony to the world? Love the one you're in. <laughs> yeah. Look at, look at this scripture. Talking about the, the idea of us coming together and, and being like a, a body and loving each other. Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ. We are many parts of one body. We all belong to each other. This verse has always really been special to me. Speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into him who is the head. That is Christ. What this means to me is that before I can speak truth to you or before I can receive truth from you, I have to feel safe. I have to know that I can trust you. I have to know that you're not trying to beat me over the head, you know, with some kind of a truth or hurt me. And how do, how do I get to that place of feeling safe with you? How do I get to that place of trusting you? Well, it just takes time, you know. We have to be in a, some kind of a, a relationship. How are, how are you going to be able to speak to my blind spots if I'm kind of holding you off like that because I don't know you? Because, you know, we're, we're not really in that kind of relationship with each other. So I would say that to speak the truth to one another in love means in a context of love. And that means investing that time, working on these relationships. Just to finish, I want to put in a little plug for the life groups that the church is trying to get, uh, get going, kind of uh, uh, resurrect. And I'm happy to hear how many are getting started. And what I like to do is put out, a, just put this out that next Sunday, before we start in on anything else, anybody here that is in a life group, um, just maybe pray about, taking a minute to just share like what that's meant to you and how God is using that in your life to be able to go deep because I think that's what he wants for us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this challenge from your word. We see a world that really needs this and we'd love to be the ones that are uh, handling this biblically and well. And to be a testimony uh, that will speak to the world that we live in. We'd love to be the true family of God. Real brothers and sisters in Christ. And used by you to, to help us to uh, grow and become more like Jesus. 
thank you for each one here and what you've spoken to us today through your spirit. We put ourselves in your hands for this week until we see each other again. In Jesus' name, amen. Good job, team. That was some great, great uh, comments that were made.